Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Gregory Ricks, a financial advisor here to answer your questions and help you win with your money. On today's episode of the Ask Gregory podcast, Gregory is going to be discussing the impact of President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan and what implications this plan may have for borrowing money in the future. Also, we've got a complimentary download waiting for you on this topic if you go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 99. Again, that is gregoryricks.com slash podcast 99. Let's talk about Biden's plan. On Wednesday, President Biden announced his student loan forgiveness plans. Americans with annual income of $125,000 or less would have $10,000 in federal student loans forgiven. Household under $250,000. With the Pell Grant, which are typically given to low-income students, will have $20,000 of debt canceled. This proposal comes after months of debate around how to solve the student loan crisis. They they were talking about as much as forgiving $50,000. I believe the average student loan debt is probably around 33000 undergraduate. Here's where the debt comes in and gets uh, really big is graduate school studies and continuing school, you know, like the master's or MBAs or other degrees following up the basic degree, and it just really piles up the money. So those with student loan debt often have to delay major financial decisions like buying a home or saving for retirement. That's the biggest impact I talked about last week of millennials. That's the poorest generation right now, your U.S. Bureau of Statistics gave us. And, and why? It's because their debt, on average, is over $100,000. Pretty good percentage of them regret, actually regret, borrowing money to go to school. Part of the problem is young people mostly are not wired for these decisions. They're, they don't think about the impact. They don't have the information, life experience to judge the impact of creating a lot of debt early on. You know, those with student loan debt have to delay major financial decisions. And, and that's a, across all age groups out there. Why do I say that? It's just not a young person's problem. Older Americans are taking on student loan debt even faster than younger counterparts. 2.7 million Americans aged 62 and older owe 98 billion in student loans. This is not that they all have a mortgage. A lot of them, they have mortgages too, but now they've got student loan debt. They're social security eligible and they owe student loan debt. Resources from all those points is CNBC, USA Today, Forbes. So how much is once again going to be forgiven? One, here's a question I get. Greg, how much is this costing? Well, 
we basically wiped off about three hundred and twenty billion in student loan debt. This ten thousand per person. As far as what's it going to cost the country, somewhere around three hundred billion to nine hundred eighty billion over the next ten years. Sources USA Today. Well, how does it cost that much if we're wiping off $321 billion? Well, there's more to this as well. And I know what's gotten all the attention is the 10000 forgiven. Here's, here's another part to this that's not being talked about. It's the student loan system more manageable for current and future borrowers, fixing the existing loan repayment to lower monthly payments. The administration is reforming student loan repayment plans to both current and future low and middle income borrowers will have smaller, more manageable monthly payments. Yeah, we're having to absorb absorb that as well. The D Department of Education has the authority to create income-driven repayment plans, which cap what borrowers pay each month and based on a percentage of their discretionary income, most of these plans cancel a borrower's remaining debt once they make 20 years of payments. But the existing versions of these plans are too complex and too limited. As a result, Millions of borrowers who might benefit from them do not sign up, and the millions who do sign up are still often left with unmanageable monthly payments. So that is being changed. To address these concerns and follow through on Congress's original version of the income-driven repayment, the Department of Education is proposing a rule to do the following. And that's for undergraduates to cut in half the amount borrowers have to pay each month from 10 to 5% of discretionary income. And here's a big part of that. Raise the amount of income that is considered non-discretionary income and therefore is protected from repayment, guaranteeing that no borrower earning under 225% of federal poverty level about the annual equivalent of about $15 a month minimum wage for a single borrower will have to make a monthly payment. Here's a question from the Winning at Life app. Susan asks, if I go borrow money, will this program help me? So it's basically the question, so if I take a school loan out this year, will it be forgiven? You missed that window. And here's, here's a, another question that I'm getting is, well, how come everybody's excited about it? Should I take out a loan? Well, here, it's kind of fun. The reason they're excited about it, because they've already borrowed money. They're getting some forgiveness subject to household income. 
They already have a loan. Here's the warning for you. Going forward, I would not go borrowing money thinking they're going to forgive it or to borrow, well, I, I'm going to go at least borrow $10,000. Well, you know, there's expenses to say, I'm, well, I just want to do it in case they forgive in the future. Well, you know, there's origination costs, there's interest, there's future obligations, there's going to be payments made. I would not expect this to happen again. I don't. They're, they're not going to go forgive the system. So tell me how this works. They forgive, but they're still loaning money. You know what they're creating. If they, if they go forgive this again, then there's going to be even more borrowing go on by even those that don't need it to get it forgiven. Yeah, do not go borrow money in anticipation. Oh, they're, they're going to do this again. They're going to wipe out everybody's debt. What I'm, I'm hearing, what I'm reading is, is that's a no. This is probably a one-and-done deal regarding that. So if you have some questions, you can call 504-2600-995 or email info at Gregory. Ricks, or you can reach out to us through the Winning at Life app. Through that app, you can text, email, or call the show. If you have questions, you don't want to do it on air, well, email me. Or call the office. The website's gregoryricks.com. Now, as I was reviewing this uh Adjustment of income is looking at it as disposable income, then now looking at it as discretionary income, and therefore the discretion, the non-discretionary income, and therefore protecting from repayment. So let me repeat it again. Raise the amount of income that is considered non-discretionary income and therefore the protect protected from repayment guaranteeing that no borrower earning under 225% of federal poverty level about the annual equivalent of $15 minimum wage for a single borrower will have to make a monthly payment. And forgive loan balances after 10 years of payments instead of 20 years. See, I think that I think the bigger parts of this that's actually going to Im, impact the treasury or government debt or taxpayers that are ultimately funding this is the reduction in payments or the way they're looking at non-discretionary income and the forgiving of loan balances at 10 years instead of 20 years. So it means we're forgiving a larger amount of the debt as a country. So forgive loan balances after 10 years of payments instead of 20 years for borrowers with original loan balances of 12000 or less. The Department of Education estimates that this reform will allow nearly all community college borrowers to be debt-free within 10 years. Also, cover the borrower's unpaid monthly interest 
so that unlike other existing income-driven repayment plans, no borrower's loan balance will grow as long as they make their monthly payments, even when that monthly payment is zero because their income is low. These reforms would simplify loan repayment and deliver significant savings to low and middle income borrowers. I'm going to give you a few examples here of that. This is one I gave when I was on WWL the other morning. That's WWL TV, to be clear. A typical nurse making $77,000 a year who is married with two kids would pay only $61 a month on their undergraduate loans compared to the $295 they pay now under the most recent income-driven repayment plan. That's an annual savings of more than $2,800. Let's look at one other. A typical single public school teacher with an undergraduate degree making $44,000 a year would pay only $56 a month on their loans compared to the $197 they pay now under the most recent income-driven repayment plan for an annual savings of nearly $1,700 there. That's why I, I think this is a big impact. Yeah, it's going to cost the country more. But you're, that is a big impact when you're taking that month. That Gosh, that's meaning uh, they can save some money. They could uh, pay down other debt that they probably created because they're having to live paycheck to paycheck or they're negative in doing that. They have to borrow to make ends meet and being impacted by inflation. So for each of these borrowers, their balances would not grow as long as they're making their monthly payments and the remaining debt would be forgiven after they make the required number of qualifying payments. So essentially, we're, we're giving them a, a route to have more forgiven in the future. So if you're going to borrow money and you plan to stay low income, then yeah, maybe there's a route for you there. I just would not go about borrowing money. And you should only borrow money to help with the cost of the tuition. You shouldn't be borrowing money for living expenses, for pizza on the weekends, or date nights, or to buy a car, or take a trip. You you need to live like a pauper while going to school and really work to not increase debt, because you're going to find it as a problem, especially if you're not going to stay low income to get these help reductions and forgiveness. It is, is our goal to go to school and then remain low income going forward? I hope not. Not with the opportunities this country has. You should be middle to upper income should be the goal. If you're getting an education, is that education leading you to better opportunities? If, if that degree field you're in 
you're not seeing that. You should look at what it's so easy to figure out what you're th- studying. What, what income do they make? What are you thinking about going to study? What, what is the median income there? That might tell you like, no, this ain't going to work. 40% of people that borrow money and start school don't finish. Of those that finish, 40% are not working in their degree field. Why, why is that? What went wrong? And you're carrying debt. People in their 60s are carrying college debt. We've got to change that thinking. We got to save money. We got to compound our money. Thanks so much for listening to Ask Gregory, where we answer your financial questions. You can find us anywhere a podcast can be found and on YouTube and Facebook Live every Saturday from 10 to 1. Subscribe, leave a review, and tune in next time. Also, we've got a complimentary download waiting for you on this topic if you go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 99. Again, that is gregoryricks.com slash podcast 99. Insurance products are offered through the insurance business Gregory Ricks & Associates. Gregory Ricks & Associates is also an investment advisory practice that offers products and services through AE Wealth Management LLC, a registered investment advisor. AE Wealth Management does not offer insurance products. Insurance products offered by Gregory Ricks & Associates are not subject to investment advisory requirements. AE Wealth Management and Gregory Ricks & Associates are not affiliated companies. AE Wealth Management provides services without regard to political affiliation and the views of individual advisors are not necessarily the views of AE Wealth Management. Gregory Ricks & Associates, the Total Wealth Authority, is our trademark tagline. It does not promise or guarantee investment results or the preservation of principle, nor does it represent a certain level of skill. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principle. Any references to protection, safety, lifetime income, generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strengths and claims of the abilities of the achieving carrier. Please remember that converting an employer plan account to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. Increased taxable income from the Roth IRA conversion may have several consequences, including the net limited to a need for additional tax withholding or estimated tax payment, the loss of certain tax deductions and credits, and the higher need on taxes for certificated benefits and higher Medicare premiums. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Gregory Ricks and Associates is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax and or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with, nor endorsed by the U.S. government or any other governmental agency. The information and opinions contain experience provided by third parties that have been by sources believed to be reliable. But the accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Gregory and Associates. Any media logos and or trademarks contained herein are the property of their respective owners. And no endorsement made by those owners of Gregory Ricks and Associates is stated or implied. Gregory Ricks and Associates has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide tax and legal advice. AE Wealth Management, Gregory Ricks and Associates, WJ Blanchard Law LLC, J. Heath & Co., and Mortgage Gumbo are not affiliated companies.